What's up, you guys? Welcome into the newest episode of Entertainment Purposes Only. This is, of course, going to be our week seven preview. And uh, yeah, we're going to be getting into it shortly here. You might be able to tell from my voice. I don't know how it's sounding coming out, but still battling some stuff. But again, we're here. We're not canceling like we did last week. We're going to power through it. That being said, Probably not going to have a lot of extra fluff, extra filler, you know, any surprises from Baby Mill, anything like that. We're just going to go through the big games, go through the picks, and get out of here. Uh, give you guys the information you need going into the weekend. Speaking of Nephew Mill, though, he was mighty quiet after his uh, top 12 from last week went kaput on Saturday. I tried to confront him about it. Yeah, Oh, yeah, Mr. Texas Miami over here. How'd that work out for you? He looked at me like I was crazy. He's like, dude, I'm literally a baby. What are you talking about? Whatever, Milt. You play that card when it's convenient for you. We all heard what your top 12 was, and it didn't go well last week. But before we actually get into it, again, thank you to our friends over at Arbitrage Racing. Uh, best digital stable in the horse racing game. Again, if you've heard it once by now, you've heard it a thousand times, go follow them on Twitter at Arbitrage Racing. Also, go follow the show, Entertainment Purposes Only, on Twitter, at E-P-O-C-F-B. It's where I'm giving out my plays. We're live tweeting during Saturdays, even during some of these Braves playoff games. Hopefully more of those to come after you're watching this one and they haven't been eliminated already. We'll just have to wait and see. But, again, go give the show a follow, at E-P-O-C-F-B. And we're off and running. So, it's going to be a trend on all these big games we're going to be breaking down here. We'll see if you can figure it out by the end, but we'll go over it at the end. Uh, first one, probably biggest one of the day. Game day is going to be there. It's the one everyone's talking about. Oregon at Washington. Uh, we've talked a lot about these two teams already this year. You guys know how I feel about Washington. You know how Mill feels about Washington. You know, if just going into this season not knowing anything about the sport and you watched everything – a lot of people probably be saying Washington's the best team in the country. Now, there are also a lot of people who don't know a whole lot about the sport who've seen one Oregon game this year, and it was when Colorado and Dion came to town. They were very impressed by Oregon. So it's a three-point spread. Washington's favorite. It is in Seattle. So it's 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific game. The crowd's going to be insane, literally rocking stadium. That stadium is one of those that will sort of sway when it gets loud. Uh, right there on the water, all the fans will be sailgating. It's going to be a scene. Bo Nix has plenty of big game road experience from his time at Auburn and through last year at Oregon. I just think this is going to be a really good game. I don't really have a pick on it. If I have to pick, give me Washington because they're at home. By a field goal, but man, I really don't know. I think Washington's going to come out fast, and then Oregon's going to settle in, and then we just sort of settle in for a good back-and-forth game. Don't have a play on the side or the total, but we're just going to settle in, enjoy that one, and just have a good time while we watch it. Ramifications of that one. Whoever wins that one's in very good shape going forward to both get to the Pac-12 championship and have themselves set up for college football playoff berths. So big game here. Big game here should be a great one. Oregon at Washington. Your guess is as good as mine, though, on who wins that one. <clears throat> at the same time, 3.30 Eastern, Texas A&M at Tennessee. Texas A&M coming off the Bama loss. Uh, kept it close there. Probably feel like they should have had 
a better showing in that one, but still didn't get embarrassed. Tennessee's favored by three and a half right now. And I think A&M's going to find a way to bounce back in this one. Don't know if they win the game outright, but I like them plus the three and a half. I think most people will see that line. Oh, Neyland Stadium, Tennessee at home in Knoxville, going to be a rowdy crowd. A&M always lets us down. Let's bet Tennessee. I'm going the other way. I think it's a back-and-forth, really close game. I think A&M's roster is better. And I think, hopefully, Jimbo learned a little something from last week, and he won't be as conservative in the big spots this game. He'll you know go for that fourth-and-half-a-yard sort of thing when you're on the other team's side of the field. But I just – I don't know. This is another just gut play. I think A&M's the team to take in this one. So that's what we're doing. Uh, both teams need it. They're both going to lay it all out there. I just had the end of the day give me the more talented roster, and that's A&M. And we'll see. Again, not super confident on it, but enough getting over a field goal – I'm confident enough to take A&M in that one. 7.30 p.m., loaded night slate this week. Loaded night slate. Sort of, you know, noon, you're just sort of dipping your toe in. Hopefully your team is playing at noon so you have something good to watch. Then 3.30, we got those two that you can bounce back and forth between. The night is when it really gets going this week. USC at Notre Dame. Both teams feeling very bad about themselves right now. Now, the difference is Notre Dame's lost two of their last three. USC's still undefeated. But they're both feeling like, ugh, we're not playing our best football right now. Give me Lincoln Riley over Marcus Freeman at this point in his career. I feel like every time we get Marcus Freeman in one of these big games like this, we see him, his team plays okay, but he ends up being on the wrong side of it most of the time. Lincoln Riley's been there, done that. A lot of huge games at Oklahoma. Did win most of them. I know that the, you know, the group think of college football won't tell you that. They're sort of piling on on him right now. But, yeah, he didn't have the rosters at Oklahoma to win once he got to the playoff. But he did get there a lot, which means games like this one in October, he won most of them. Also, I mean, best quarterback in the country. USC's got the best player on the field, and it's their quarterback, Caleb Williams. So, I got an edge at head coach. Sam Hartman's good too, but edge at USC for quarterback. Catching points, give me the Trojans plus two and a half. I think they win the game. But again, wouldn't be shocked if Notre Dame does win this one. I think it's just another great game, but we'll see. Miami at North Carolina, 730. Who knows? Who knows? I, I would – Feel like I have a much better read on this one. <clears throat> Excuse me. If the craziness didn't happen in the Miami game at the end of last week's game, if they were both undefeated here, I'd feel really good about just rolling with North Carolina in this one. But now that everyone's going to be sort of selling Miami down the river, it's going to be an us against the world mentality for those guys. Uh, it's It just feels a little bit too fishy for me. So I'm not going to be taking a side in that one. We do like the over 56. We do like the over 56. Y'all know how good North Carolina was to us in September. Like I said last episode, September is a watch and learn month. North Carolina, we took advantage of them, and the odds makers were a little short on them. We kept taking them. 
they kept cashing for us. Three and a half, I just feel like, is the exact right number in this one. So I don't feel too good on the side. But again, over 56. We just said Caleb Williams, best quarterback in the country. Drake May is second. He's the North Carolina quarterback at home. He comes out, has a big day. I think Tyler Van Dyke is able to sort of match him. So I think it's going to be a shootout. The conditions right now say rain during the day, but not during the game, which actually is over conditions. If you've got defenders slipping because the grass is wet, but it's not actually coming down during the game effect and the quarterback's passes, that's over conditions. I love it even more because of that. Again, forecast could change by game time, but if it stays where it's at, over 56, I'm confident in that one. UCLA at Oregon State. Oregon State favored by three and a half. This is an eight o'clock Eastern kickoff. When you think Chip Kelly, I know everyone thinks back to those Oregon days, you're thinking offense. But this UCLA team, I'm telling you, they've been riding the defense. The defense is very good for UCLA this season. I think DJ Uyunglele struggles to figure them out. And I think... UCLA is able to play the kind of game it wants. You or Oregon State, excuse me. Also, their NFL tackle, kind of be the NFL next year, very good offensive lineman for them. He got dinged up at the end of last game. He's questionable. So he's either not going to play or he's going to play, but he's going to be dinged up, not be himself. I love the under even more now. Uh, under 54 is the play. Uh, it's a pair all of that that I just said about UCLA's defense versus Oregon State's offense and realize that UCLA, talented kid, Dante Moore, but still a freshman at quarterback for them. I think Chip's going to be content to sort of, okay, we've got a little lead, call it 10-3, 10-7 lead. Let's just run the ball, take some time between our plays, not go the breakneck speed you're used to seeing from Chip Kelly teams. I really like the under 54 in that one. If I have to take a side, give me UCLA plus three and a half, but not not giving that one out. So, we just talked about five games. What did every single one of them have in common? The home team was favored by two and a half, three, or three and a half in every single one of them. What does that mean? That means the odds makers think these games are dead even. They think all these teams playing each other are dead even on a neutral field. It'd basically be a pick em spread they're just given the three to three and a half points for home field advantage. I mean, it should be a great day of ball, right? Should have five really good games right there. There's going to be plenty of other close ones. Don't quite make the cut for these, you know, marquee games that we break down each week. But again, some of the more uh, casual fans out there might tell you this is a sort of apple picking weekend. No, 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 no. This is a good weekend of ball if you're a real fan. Looking forward to it. On to the picks. I gave out at EPOCFB App State minus six the other night on Tuesday night. Scouts honor, my hand up to you right now. I'm not going to be giving out any more Tuesday or Wednesday plays this week. They're just too weird. You never really know. Tried it once, didn't work, didn't like it. We're taking the L for that one, so we're only one to start the week, but that will not be happening anymore this season. All right, Thursday night, we got West Virginia at Houston. West Virginia has vastly exceeded expectations so far this year. Going into the season, 
most people thought this game was going to be the buyout bowl. I mean, the loser of this game between Neil Brown at West Virginia and Dana Holgerson at Houston thought this was going to be a loser leaves town match. Whoever loses this game, that coach is getting fired. Well, it's not going to be Neil Brown. He's saved his job to this point. Dana Holgerson, he might be feeling it a little bit more. We got two plays in this one. Two. We got Houston plus three. Okay, how does that make sense? I just told you West Virginia was playing well this year. Houston hasn't been. West Virginia got really beat up in their secondary last week. Like they had guys limping off, carted off, stretchered off, sad stuff. But they're going to be playing a lot of guys in that secondary who don't have experience. I don't think the guys who are backups at West Virginia are going to be very good. Houston sticks with them in a Dana Holgerson kitchen sink game. Houston plus three and the over 50. I'm shocked the total is only 50 in this one. I think West Virginia's offense is going to have to sort of keep up with Houston, and they were better than they were supposed to be. They'll be able to do it. Houston's defense is rough. Between both of those things, I mean, yeah, over 50 I feel very confident about, and also like the Houston plus three. That's Thursday night. Friday night, Coach Prime. Colorado minus 11. They're playing Stanford. Stanford is horrible, straight up, just Bad team. We knew they were going to be bad. They've lived up to it. Bad team. Travis Hunter's probably back. Colorado's got this one circled. They know they need this one to make their bowl. Colorado minus 11 is the play. I wouldn't be shocked if they win this thing by 20-plus. It's going to be a stat-padding game for Shadur. Travis Hunter's going to be back out there making plays. Like I said, they know they need this one. Just everything lines up. Buffs minus 11. That's Friday night. On to Saturday, noon slate. Do you guys know what the last two years aggregate score is between Georgia and Vanderbilt? Wrong. It's 117 to 0. 117 to 0. Now, why is Georgia so vengeful towards Vanderbilt? What did they ever do to them? I'll tell you what they did to them. Back in 2020, it's easy to forget now, but we're not that far removed from a season where if teams just didn't want to play a game, they'd say, hey, we just had a guy get COVID. Sorry, we can't play. That's what Vanderbilt did to Georgia in 2020. And let's just say from the last two years, looks like this Georgia staff has not forgotten about that. 62 to nothing in 2021. 55 nothing in 2022. I think it's going to be more of the same this week. Georgia found its stride last week going into a bye. It's not like they'll have to pull their guys early. They will to avoid injury, but not as far as, oh, we'll just not run them too hard, get them any rest. They'll have plenty of rest with the bye next week. Georgia lays it on them. We're getting it at 31 and a half. I think that'll be covered by halftime. Next up. Michigan, minus 34. They're at home versus Indiana. Told you last week, they keep hanging these disrespectful lines on Michigan. I mean, Michigan's in smash mode right now. They're just lining up these weak Big Ten teams in front of them, and Michigan's knocking them down. I think they win this thing at least like 49-7, to which, of course, that's a 42-point game. That's more than the 34. If Michigan doesn't win this thing by 35, they made a conscious decision not to. 
and I don't get the sense that's the kind of guy Harbaugh is this season. I think he's going to take it to the teams when he has a chance. I really like that one too. Another good spot, Florida State minus 17 and a half. They're at home versus Syracuse. Syracuse was all the hotness talk in September. Then Clemson smashes them at home. And uh, who did they lose to last week? They lost to somebody. Oh, yeah, North Carolina beat them 40-7 to last week. So, Syracuse sort of beat up on the teams they were supposed to beat. But since they've been playing the big boys, it has not been a pretty sight. I think Florida State, it's been a few weeks of a little bit of letdown since the Clemson game. They come out, they smell fresh meat. They're ready to burn Syracuse this week. Syracuse dealing with some injuries. Not really a place where you have a lot of depth at Syracuse. So if those guys get hurt, you're going to be hurting. And Syracuse certainly is right now. So minus 17 and a half for Florida State. Going back to the well, guys. Utah minus 13 and a half is what I gave this out at. It's already down to 11 and a half, which makes me think, is Cam Rising still not going to play? We thought after the bye week last week, they were being cautious with him. He'd come back with Avengers this week. This line that has dropped two points since midweek already, I don't feel that he's going to play, so I'm not too confident in this play. I'm not hedging out of it. I'm just saying, like, I still think Utah can get this done with that defense, but if Cam Rising does play, it's an easy cover. If he doesn't, we'll be fighting for it, but we're riding with it. <clears throat> TCU stinks. They're hosting BYU. We're taking BYU, getting five points. BYU plus five against TCU. TCU is just, it's been bad. Ever since they upset Michigan in the semifinal last year, it's been bad news for them. I think it continues. BYU gets to five and one. I think they win the game outright, but you're giving us five points. Yes, please. I already mentioned it. A&M, Tennessee. Told you we're on A&M plus three and a half. We're also on the under. They're hanging the total at 55 in this one. I think this is an easy under as well. Both teams get to the red zone and can't finish drives. They settle for field goals. Give me that. Plus, it's got that big game feels. Kind of be sort of feeling each other out for the first quarter, I think. I just think. I expected this total to be in the 40s. The fact that it's 55, give me that under. Florida goes to South Carolina. If this game was in the swamp, I'd be taking Florida big. It's in Williams-Brice, so we're on South Carolina minus two. Florida might be the team in the country with the biggest difference in their home road splits. I mean, at home, they wallop Tennessee on the road. They look like they've never held a team practice together before. Williams-Brice is going to be rocking. Great home field advantage for South Carolina. I think Rattler shows out. South Carolina minus two. Wake Forest, Virginia Tech under 47. These offenses just are terrible. Simple as that. Under 47. Iowa can't score a point, it seems like. Wisconsin, pretty similar. Everyone talks about Iowa, but not about Wisconsin when it comes to that. And I get it. It's Luke Fickle's first year. He's building something. No shame on him for this. But Iowa's catching 10 going to Camp Randall. Give me all 10 of them. 
We're taking Iowa in the points. Iowa plus 10, I, they could win. I mean, Wisconsin's just been very unimpressive this season so far. And, again, I think Luke Fickle's a great coach, but year one there, he's got a lot of building to do. Iowa plus 10, I feel good about it. <coughs> you guys know how we feel about Ohio. They're going to Northern Illinois. Two and four Northern Illinois. And you're only making us lay seven points. That's disrespect to the highest order. Giving out Ohio minus seven. And it might be my most confident play of the day. All about the Bobcats. Miami, North Carolina already went over it. We're on the over 56. I think both quarterbacks put on a show over weather conditions. Chapel Hill's going to be rocking. Miami's going to be doing everything it can to bounce back, especially that offense after they were the butt of everybody's jokes all week. I just think it's going to be a really good game, and uh, there are going to be points. I don't like predicting stuff like this because it is sort of fluky, but I would not be surprised if we see overtime in this game. And glad we have the overtime if that does happen because they don't call it undertime. UCLA, Oregon State, again, we already talked about it. We're on the under 54. I think UCLA is going to control the style of game that is. And, yes, that means Chip Kelly's team is controlling it, and I like an under. Again, I already told you why. We're not going to go back over it again. But under 54 in that one. Duke minus three. They're hosting NC State. Riley Leonard probably not playing the stud Duke quarterback, but NC State has just been Bad this year. And Duke having the bye week after the Notre Dame game to sort of get the backup quarterback ready. I forget the kid's name right now, but he's been there for a while. He knows the system well. I just think he's going to be prepared for this. Uh, Obviously not as good as Riley Leonard, but I still think it's enough for Duke to win by a field goal plus at home. That's all the plays for this week. Again, told you it was going to be a little bit of a shorter episode this time, but Uh, Thanks, you guys, for watching. Hopefully, by next episode, I'll be at full strength again. We can have a little bit more fun with some stuff. But, again, thanks for watching. Uh, Go Braves, and see you next time. Thanks.